Hello and welcome to the Helix Reviews Podcast. My name is David Arrington, bringing you reviews from a Christian geek worldview. And today on the show, I'm going to be talking about The Batman. I was extremely excited to watch this movie. It's finally here, the reboot, relaunch of the Batman character. Uh, very excited to talk about this movie. I'm also going to count down my top 10 Batman villains that have not yet been in a movie that I want to see in a future movie, whether it be in this Batman series or another. Now, before I jump right into the review, I do want to say this episode, the format will be slightly different because instead of uh, talking about the themes and the, the messages and stuff of this movie uh, in the middle of my review here, I'm going to save all that for the spoiler section at the end of the episode. After the main review, there'll be a spoiler warning and all that jazz, so, you know, you'll have been warned before any of that, but just some of the thematic stuff that I want to talk about uh, directly ties into some things, you know, at the end of the movie, and, and I want to directly reference some things at the end of the movie that I think ties into the themes and so I'm going to wait until there's spoiler time in order to talk about those things but without any further ado let's just get into the main review fear is a tool but when that light hits the sky it's not just a goal it's a warning the Batman. When the Riddler, a sadistic serial killer, begins murdering key political figures in Gotham, Batman is forced to investigate the city's hidden corruption and question his family's involvement. I've been trying to reach you. Find the gun! This is about a king, and Riddler's the match. I can take care of myself. If this continues, it won't be long before you've nothing left. I don't care what happens to me. It's only gonna get worse for you. As I said earlier, I was extremely excited going into this movie. I'm a big Batman fan. I like this character, and I really liked the look of this movie going into it, and so I was very excited for it. Uh, Robert Pattinson is playing Batman now. Okay, when I, I gotta admit, when I first heard Robert Pattinson playing Batman, like everybody, I think, I thought, oh, wait, dude, the dude from Twilight is playing Batman. What in the world? But, but... I think since Twilight, he has kind of uh, overcome that role. Whether he's overcome the stigma or not, I don't necessarily think so, because I still think a lot of people, when they hear him as Batman, they're like, wait a minute, the Twilight guy? So I guess he hasn't overcome the stigma because there's such a, a, a big, impactful kind of movies for the time when they came out. Uh, he has moved on as an actor, and this dude is a really good actor. Seeing him in movies like Tenet and stuff after this, he's a really good actor, and has really come apart from that role in my mind. And he was a really good Bruce Wayne in this movie. He was a really good Batman. He was excellent at playing this very dark, brooding Bruce Wayne, this dark, brooding Batman character that you could tell is is broken inside, and he is so driven and and just angry under the surface. You know, you can see all this this great performance uh, coming out of Robert Pattinson here. I will say, with the Batman character in here, there is not much of a distinction between Batman and Bruce Wayne. Uh, you know how Batman is supposed to be two different characters, the character of Bruce Wayne and the character of Batman. You know, he, he kind of goes back and forth between those two, and, and each one, to an extent, is a, a show. Like, who the Batman really is, he's much closer, I would say, to the Batman character, right? You know, that's his real kind of person, whereas the, the Bruce Wayne is kind of the, the on-show kind of philanthropist kind of person that isn't the real Bruce Wayne, right? And now, this movie, it doesn't really toe that line much. It's, it's more of just, this is Batman, and he's Batman, and even when he's Bruce Wayne, he's not really being that kind of Bruce Wayne. Now, this is early on in the Batman mythos here. This is, I think they say it's year two 
of the Batman mythos is what I've read online. I don't remember them saying that in the movie, but that's what I read online. So, okay, if this is year two, maybe he hasn't decided on that yet. Maybe he hasn't started on the, the you know, Bruce Wayne half of his duo of identities here, you know, that, that is in the comics and in the other movies and stuff. Uh, that said... The, the Batman version and the character that he's playing is really effective, really engrossing, and he's a really good Batman. He's not Christian Bale level, in my opinion, but he's right up there. I don't know, is he the second best Batman? He's right up there near the top. He, he is a really good Batman. I, I think really you do need to get that dynamic in there. If, in, if there's a sequel and they get more of a dynamic in there, potentially he could be pushed up to one of the, to the best Batman, maybe? I don't know, Christian Bale's a big Batman to overcome but Robert Pattinson is awesome in this his bat suit is really cool in this too uh, like very metallic very armor looking uh maybe less uh less Batman comic comic booky Batman-y kind of looking and more of the metallic armor kind of bulletproof armor kind of look to it, uh, which which is cool. It's it's a cool look, uh, not so much the super classic-y kind of look. Uh, though again, this is early in his life cycle of of him being Batman. It could evolve into something a little bit more classic looking as we go along. This is very much the detective comics Batman. You know, this is this is the detective Batman that has been in all the movies they like they they, they kind of hint at it more and less in different movies and they show it you know some in the some of the other movies but this one this is taking that and ramping that up to 11 you know because because you know we've seen elements you know he's like oh who is the joker and he puts the the what the bullet all back together and he gets the fingerprint or something, right? So it's like, we've seen bits of that in other movies where he's being the detective, figuring certain things out, doing things like that. But this takes those elements and stretches it out to the whole movie. This whole movie, basically is him investigating into the Riddler and him, like, solving the crime, figuring out some of this mystery uh, and involving more and more characters and things as it goes along. Really well done, really cool, really like this extreme focus on this one aspect of Batman that has been there the whole time, but they just haven't focused on it to this degree in the movies. Very cool. Zoe Kravitz as a Catwoman. I thought it was really fun. Selena Kyle in here. Actually, I don't know if they ever say Kyle. Do they ever say Kyle as her last name? They call her Selena. Anyway, uh, it's it's Selena Kyle, right? It's Catwoman. Uh, very fun. I think she does a really good job. You know, you kind of got that balance of the kind of playfulness that she has with Batman, but that's kind of covering up kind of this this character in distress and the, this character that is that that is much more darker, much more broken than she tries to let on when people are around her and stuff. And I think that makes for a very interesting character there. Uh, and Zoe Kravitz uh, does a, a good job with that role. And also with the action here, uh, I think they do a good job at... Like, like, she's not a very big girl, and so it's like, you know, her going up against a bunch, of, a bunch of guys or something, she doesn't just directly take on tons of guys like Batman does, you know? She has to be more sneaky, she'll use her whip, or she'll sneak around and, and kick to take this guy out, or, you know, I think they, they, do, they play the action in a way that it's not... It's not too ridiculous like sometimes you see with like a, a girl that's not that big and then takes out a bunch of dudes and it's like, okay, well, that that's kind of ridiculous, you know. This, I think, plays that line where it's, you know, somewhat real, more realistic, I think, in that respect. And, uh, and, and I think that's well done, too. Uh, her costume, she has a somewhat classic-y kind of look. No, it's not classic, I guess. But it's it's like the, the leather Catwoman kind of costume. Uh, but it's it's I think it's a, a fairly good adaptation for a somewhat real-world Catwoman costume. I think if they wanted to make her into a, a different kind of Catwoman costume, they could do that. But that's completely not necessary. I think the, the Catwoman costume they had in this movie is appropriate for the, the universe that they're building up here. Maybe the only thing to change would be the mask, because the mask is basically like a ski mask with the holes for the eyes kind of cut out bigger or whatever. So it's like, it's, it's not much of a mask, but again, it kind of fits the world that they're set in, and it kind of it works, uh, but it's, uh, you know, the mask is, is just 
very cheap, oh, I cut holes in the mask kind of thing, which makes sense for the character, but again, you know. Uh, Paul Dano as the Riddler, the, the main villain here. Uh, okay, his costume, if we're going to talk about his costume, this this caused a bit of a, a hubbub online when it was revealed what his costume looks like. And I was like, I, I kind of agreed with them because I was like, when I saw it online, I'm like, eh, that doesn't look too great. Uh, but we'll see, we'll wait and we'll see in the movie. We'll see if it's if it's any better in the movie. And no, it's, honestly, I think the Riddler's costume is stupid in this movie. I think it does not look good. It does not look interesting and I don't really understand why it's there like that like you could have i don't know i think you could have made the the riddlers i guess i understand if you don't want to have the riddler being kind of in the suave cool outfit you know that he has in the comics but why why did you put him in that outfit like the outfit he has in this movie i think is just stupid but i really really enjoyed the character of the riddler i think his his riddles and his puzzles you know that he's so famous for are well done or interesting and you know when he says them uh, you, you know, you're trying to figure them out and everything. And of course, Batman figures them out basically faster than all of them, you know, uh, than I do for all of them. But, uh, but you know, you're trying to kind of figure them out and trying to think about them. And this, you know, I think some of those are, are pretty clever and fun. I think his motivation is interesting and his dynamic with Batman is great. Uh, my only drawback with the Riddler is that I wish he was in it more. I, I think that... Uh, I, I really think he could have been in it more. He could have had more interactions with Batman, or he, he could have had more more screen time, ultimately. I, I, I'm interested in this character, because I think Paul Dano does an amazing job at playing this kind of uh, crazy character that is driven and just, like, trying to accomplish stuff, but he's doing it in this really screwed-up, evil, terrible kind of way, and uh, he's he plays that off really in an interesting kind of way. They made Riddler, you know, the, the super genius that he is and stuff, they made him really, like, intelligent, I think, in a way... That's that's pretty well done here. You know, this isn't the the goofy, dorky Jim Carrey Riddler, right? This is this is the much more serious, down to earth Riddler, and I liked that. But I just think he really should have been in it more. Like he he should have. I, I guess in some ways he should have had a larger presence because he's the main villain of the movie ultimately. And uh, at certain points, it almost seems like he's he's being played off as like the secondary villain, which is uh, which is kind of weird, I guess, just a little weird. But overall, I really did enjoy the what we did get of the Riddler in here. Really cool. Uh, Jeffrey Wright as Commissioner Gordon. Right? He says he's lieutenant in this movie. He's he's not quite Commissioner Gordon yet. Again, early on in the Batman Mythos. Uh, Dude, this guy has a lot to live up to as far as, like, Gary Oldman and stuff being Commissioner Gordon previously. But, dude, he is great, man. His his interactions with Batman is fantastic. His uh, dynamic with some of the police force and, and the way he's trying to kind of play, uh, you know, be in the police force even though it's dirty. And then playing both, you know, trying to work with Batman. The police force is kind of resistant to that, but he's... It's because of him that he's in there, and it's just kind of this weird dynamic there that is uh, really well done. Really great version of Commissioner Gordon. I really liked Jeffrey Wright in this. Uh, Colin Farrell as the Penguin. Oh my goodness, he is unrecognizable. I, th I If I watched this movie and didn't already know that Colin Farrell played the Penguin... I would not have known that was him because like the, like the makeup and the prosthetics on him are just insane. He looks like a completely different person. And it's like you can see like looking for him, intentionally looking for him in that character. You can see some of that actor, some of his mannerisms and stuff that are like Colin Farrell kind of mannerisms, you know. So it's like, okay, you can kind of see him in there. You understand why they chose this guy for the role because he's Colin Farrell is a really good actor. And he's great in this role. Man, it's it's crazy how much they changed his look to fit uh, to fit the, the comic book look of Penguin. Because he, he does look like the comic book version of Penguin, more or less. Uh, which is cool. It's cool. He's kind of like an up-and-coming crime boss in the city. And he's a very interesting character. I really liked his part in here. Uh, John Turturro as Carmine Falcone. Dude absolutely fantastic i think he brings a great uh humanity to what could have been just kind of a uh generic mob boss type role you know i think he brings so much more humanity to the role in a way that i he's really really good in this really interesting uh foil for for batman andy circus as alfred 
great. Again, absolutely fantastic. I wish he was in it more. That's my main complaint with him. Like, like he's a somewhat, he, he's a smaller character than I expected, I guess. Uh, I wish he was in it more. That said, whenever he's in there, he's really good. His, his kind of fatherly relationship with Bruce, I think, is really well done. And I would love to see more of that should they continue this series, which I am pretty sure they're just going to, I'm pretty sure they're going to make a trilogy out of this. This is supposed to be a trilogy. Isn't that what the director said? I'm pretty sure. Uh, so, it, you know, moving forward, I would like to see more of Andy Serkis as Alfred in here. If you know what I like in movies, I like characters. I like good, interesting characters, and this movie has it by the droves. I loved the characters in this movie, and that is really what the thing that makes this movie so, so good. But let's talk about the story. The story, I think, in here is really good. This is like a Batman story meets Seven, if you've ever seen that movie, with the, the dark, screwed-up mystery kind of story plot going Going on. Very interesting. A very compelling mystery throughout the course of this movie that, that constantly has you kind of trying to figure out what's going on and learning things and just the way all that was laid out is really, really good. Uh, I like seeing the, you know, exploring the seedy underbelly of Gotham. I think Gotham's on the underbelly and the top of the belly. It's all seedy. But, you know, <laughs> it's uh, the, the seedy underbelly of Gotham, seeing uh, the where the corruption is at, where, you know, all this stuff going on. Really well done. Just great Gotham world building going on in here, uh, which, you know, the, this being the beginning of the Batman story, kind of setting everything up in a way, uh, makes sense that you would need some good world building for if you're setting up for the future, which it seems like they are with this one. Uh, just really, really good. This movie is very dark. It is oppressively dark, which makes sense for a Batman movie. Like, you know, Batman being this kind of dark character, this is a, a very, very oppressively kind of dark movie. Uh, even more so, probably, than The Dark Knight. It's like, it's at least on the level of The Dark Knight, but honestly, it's probably more dark than The Dark Knight in, in some ways, anyway. You know, again, it's like Seven, where it's just like this very oppressively dark movie that it just it's so dark it's like hangs on you how dark it is you know does that make sense that's that's how it feels watching this movie but it makes sense for a batman movie and it works and it's it's really well done the cinematography in this movie is amazing and again it's very dark everything is dark in this movie it's like it's nighttime all the time in gotham <laughs> but the cinematography is amazing, and it is, uh, it's the kind of thing where, yes, it's very dark, and a lot of scenes are very dark, but man, the, the way they do the shadows, and the way you see or don't see Batman in the shadows, or stuff like that, is so well done, and the way, dude, the way they do some of the lighting and stuff in this movie is just absolutely phenomenal. The score is also absolutely fantastic, there's this great, dark, moody kind of score that's, that's really... Really good, really good Batman score. Overall, the Batman is fantastic. This movie, I had high expectations for this movie, and it lived up to them and exceeded them. This movie is awesome. What's black and blue and dead all over? Batman is rated PG-13 for strong, violent, and disturbing content, drug content, strong language, and some suggestive material. I would give it a 5 out of 5 on the enjoyability scale. Maybe we're not so different. Who are you under there? I'm Vengeance. Okay, now is the part where I'm going to talk about the themes of the Batman. Uh, this would have normally have been in the middle of my review section there, but uh, I didn't want to spoil the movie. So, spoiler warning for the Batman moving forward here. Uh, you've been warned if you want to see the movie or don't want to see the movie, that's up to you. But I'm going to spoil the movie starting here 
Let's go. So this movie has a, a lot of themes going on. I want to touch on one real lightly here at the beginning, and then I'm going to go into what I think is the main theme of the movie. Uh, so <laughs> Catwoman, partway through this movie, blames all of the evil in Gotham City on white privilege, <laughs> which is just such a goofy thing. I mean, it's... <laughs> Uh, it's like, okay, it's like basically, if even if I believed in white privilege, which I don't, uh, it, the, the idea that the entirety of the evil going on in Gotham City is entirely based on white privilege is just such a silly, ridiculous, uh, notion that it's just like, what... What, what what are we doing here? What, what Catwoman, come on now. Uh, you're, you're smarter than this, come on. But okay, okay. Let's get into the actual themes here. Let, let's get into the main themes of the movie. This movie is about vengeance, it's about hope, and it's about justice. Batman, at the beginning of this movie, is the vengeance bringer. He is vengeance. You know, he comes out of the shadows and he says, I am vengeance. Instead of saying I'm Batman, or instead of saying something along those lines, he says, I am vengeance. And so then he is getting revenge, you know, as his parents were murdered, and now he is getting revenge on the entire criminal population of Gotham City. But throughout the course of the movie, he meets some other people that are also trying to get revenge. And that kind of changes his view on what he's doing and whether what he's doing is vengeance and then that's the thing that he wants to be going towards or whether he wants justice ultimately. Now at the end of the movie, he calls it hope and I'll, I'll get a little bit more into that I think a little bit later. Uh, but justice is kind of the alternate of what Batman will be doing versus vengeance here. So I am vengeance and then he meets Catwoman, this lady that is also out for vengeance, you know. She, her uh, friend there, I, were they lovers? Where they, she said, hey, babe, or something, so it makes me think that they're lovers, but then something else she says made me think that maybe she, that was just somebody she was taking care of. I don't know. I don't know. Is is Catwoman a lesbian? It wouldn't surprise me, but I don't know. You know, even though she was kissing on Batman, so uh, whatever. Uh, <laughs> So Catwoman is after revenge, and then Catwoman is, you know, when, when she finds who was responsible, she's trying to kill him, and uh, Batman stops her, says, no, this is not the way, we don't, we don't kill them, otherwise we'll become as bad as the enemies, right? We, we can't kill the villains, otherwise we'll be as bad as the villains, right? So that's, that's Batman's line, that's kind of always been, well, not in the beginning of the comics, but for a long time, that's been the line that Batman will never cross. Batman will never kill anybody. And so Catwoman's vengeance is is going too far for him, but that's that's closer to in line with him. She just needs some correction so as not to cross that line. He ends up stopping her from crossing that line and kind of saving her from going down this, this dark vengeance kind of path. Whereas the Riddler is the other character that is seeking vengeance at the end of the movie you know uh riddler and batman are talking and riddler's like we are we're after the same thing here we're after vengeance you know and then and then one of riddler's followers is like i am vengeance just like batman at the beginning of the movie said i am vengeance and you can see in in batman's face at that moment he's like what in the world like this is this is me this is what i'm doing this is the same objective that I have is all these crazy psychotic murderers that are killing all these people. This is like, this is me too, you know? And so having that realization that, no, I don't want vengeance. Vengeance isn't what I should be seeking. Vengeance is destructive, both self-destructive and outwardly destructive, right? It's, it's not constructive like justice is. And so ultimately, kind of what Batman is switching to is he's, he's, you know, he's not like, oh, I don't want vengeance, so I'm going to stop being Batman. No, he's still being Batman. He's still taking people in. He's still taking prisoners to, to justice, ultimately, is what he's, he's kind of changing his view to. And why is it justice? It's because he's actually bringing them in to the law system. He's turning them in. You know, even though the cops are compromised, he's still turning them into the justice system. He turns it into the, you know, some of the, the few cops that he knows is good, namely Gordon, right, to take care of these uh, criminals. And ultimately, I think this is a very biblical idea 
Bia, you know, Hebrews uh, 10, 30, and 31, for we know him who said, vengeance is mine, I will repay, and again, the Lord will judge his people. It is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. Does vengeance belong to the Batman? No, vengeance does not belong to the Batman. Vengeance belongs to God. Ultimately, though, Batman was never truly fighting for vengeance necessarily because he refuses to kill anyone. I mean, true vengeance for the crime that was committed against him, the murder of his parents, true vengeance for the murder of his parents would be to murder them back, would be to kill the criminals right back just like that. This is what the Riddler was doing. This is what Catwoman was trying to do, right? But that's not what Batman was doing. Batman was actually out for justice. When he gets the criminals, he brings them into the police. He lets the justice system take its course. And the police even work with him a lot, which in a way, not necessarily, it's not on paper or whatever, but in a way it kind of makes him a part of the team or like a contractor or something, you know? In a way it almost makes him legal. It, it makes him a part of the, the legal system and justice is legal, you know? Romans 13, starting at verse three, uh, for rulers are not a terror to good conduct, but to bad. Would you have no fear of the one who is in authority? Then do what is good and you will receive his approval, for he is God's servant for your good. But if you do wrong, be afraid, for he does not bear the sword in vain, for he is the servant of God, an avenger who carries out God's wrath on the wrongdoer. The government was created by God to carry out justice, not vengeance because vengeance is personal. Vengeance is when the person wronged you. So when the person wronged you and you go wrong them back and, and wrong them back even harder than they wronged you, that's vengeance, right? That is not what Batman was trying to do. Batman was going out and he was bringing them into the law and again, in a way, made kind of legal by working with the police and them cooperating with him and him cooperating with them to an extent you know at the end of the movie batman says he can't just be vengeance anymore and he and he has to be something more and what i thought he was going to say at the end of this movie is that he needs to be justice instead of being uh vengeance because that is kind of the transition that he's making that is kind of the transition that he's he's making in his mind which again is is a, a biblical idea we don't seek vengeance we seek justice justice is author the authority Authority that God gave the government to carry out. One of the only authorities that God gave the government to carry out, actually. So Batman taking the criminals and handing them over to that justice system is uh, is taking them and handing them over to the the way that God intended us for justice to be to be carried out. But instead of saying justice, he says hope. I think hope is more palatable and maybe a little bit more neutral, I guess. I don't know. Uh, he says people need hope and he can provide them hope, which I mean is also pretty good. But honestly, I thought the, the justice theme would have worked better here. I mean, it's definitely there, but it's just not as blatantly stated. You know, it's, it's not as blatantly just said at the end of the movie like hope. You know, he, he's bringing hope to people. Why is he bringing hope to people, by the way? Why would Batman, this person going out and beating criminals up in the middle of the night, why is he bringing people hope at the end of this movie? It's because Batman doesn't represent vengeance. People getting vengeance does doesn't give people hope, right? Batman represents the justice that is fighting the injustice in the city of Gotham, and that is something that will give people hope, because that is something that is longer lasting than vengeance. That is something that is more controlled than vengeance. Batman gives the people of Gotham City hope because he is being a beacon of justice. And, you know, that, that's what Gotham needs because it is in such dire straits. It's this awful, terrible, dark city, right? And Batman is ste stepping up to that 
task. I really think this dynamic of justice and vengeance is really well done in this movie. It's really well played out with the, the multiple characters seeking the different justices and the different vengeance, right? You know, you got Batman trying to seek it in his own way and then realizing that vengeance isn't what he wants. He wants justice. Whereas Riddler wants vengeance. Whereas Catwoman wants vengeance but actually can be convinced otherwise, you know? So it's like there's that great balance of these three characters all kind of aiming the same direction and then coming off and in and, and different points, you know what I'm saying? Very well done in that respect. And ultimately, I think a, a really pretty positive message overall uh, from this movie. I also found it interesting. Catwoman in this movie, she says that, you know, even when the evil is exposed that nothing is done. You know, evil is exposed and we see who the criminals are. We all know Carmine Falcone is evil, right? But but nothing happens. And she is angry about that and she's seeking vengeance for that and Batman is seeking justice for that and the people of Gotham City, the, the normal people of Gotham City are longing for that justice, right? And I think that is extremely relevant for today, when you have people like Fauci, people like the Clintons, uh, people like the Bidens, you know, you got these people committing clear acts, criminal acts that are out in the open. We all know that these people are committing these horrible criminal acts, but nothing is being done. There, There is no justice. Where is our Batman, right? Well, have no fear. We don't need a Batman, you know, even <laughs> even if it seems like evil is winning and all these evil people are getting away scot-free and there's nothing that we can do and everything just seems all hopeless and terrible there is still hope and our hope is greater than any batman or any superhero our hope is in yahweh god will bring the justice and god will bring the vengeance and it's going to be glorious it may not be today it may not be tomorrow it may not be in your or my lifetime it may not be in the people that need to, the justice it may not be in their lifetime but it's going to happen if this was a christian movie maybe they could have played into that aspect a little bit more and that would have been cool, but obviously they didn't. Overall, I still really think the, the overall the positive themes of this movie outweigh the negative themes of this movie for sure. The the idea that this movie, the, the there is no hope in this movie for so much of the movie. It's all so dark. It's all so bleak. Even in the hospital talking to Alfred, it's like the, somebody didn't forgot to pay the power bill at the hospital or something because it's still dark. You know, it's like the hospitals, if you've ever been to a hospital it's very lit up you know not here it's still very dark in the hospital kind of weird until basically the end of the movie he's like no i gotta be this hope i gotta help people and he's helping these people he's 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 helping like laying somebody down on like a stretcher or something and their sun is shining through the clouds and it's like oh my goodness there's daylight in gotham and it's really good. Really good imagery. This movie is chock full of really good imagery. You know, when when he goes into that water and, and he saves that uh, the, the political candidate and, uh, you know, group of the, the people that were all there watching and he leads them out and he's holding that flare. It's all red. They're kind of veeing out behind him and kind of that V pattern, you know, all following him like he's Moses leading the Israelites or something, you know, or or, or like God does the, the fire you know, leading the Israelites, you know, uh, very interesting imagery, very cool imagery. You know, what was less cool is a uh, Batman's wingsuit thing. <laughs> when he, he climbs, he goes up to the top of the building and he's got to get away all the, he was at the police station, right? Yeah. And all the cops are coming up to get him and he jumps off and he wingsuits down and he has like a, a, like a base jumping wingsuit kind of thing. It's not his wings, really. It's not his cape that kind of hardens out like it does in uh, the the Nolan Batman movies or, or you know it, it, it's not it's not his cape flying him like it does in the Batman movies or in what Batman is supposed to be it's this weird wingsuit you know flying squirrel looking thing that's just super dorky looking and it's like it makes sense this is early on Batman maybe we'll hopefully we'll get the real Batman flying wingsuit thing later 
but it was kind of goofy. You know, <laughs> he's doing that, and I'm like, oh, come on, this isn't as cool as Batman should be. And then he, <laughs> then it's, it like ends up all messing him up and everything. He puts out the little parachute to slow him down so he can land. He was going to land like on a car or something. Hits the bridge. He just goes flying. It's insane. Like, what in the world? <laughs> uh Kind of, kind of goofy, kind of, kind of, I don't know, kind of dumb, unfortunately. Uh, but it's, I don't know. I guess it's like, okay, I fine, fine. I'm kind of fine with that because it's early Batman and stuff. You know, he hasn't got his whole wingsuit thing down pat yet. But still, it's like it's it's not as cool as uh, as any previously any previous Batman flying or anything. You know, so it's like, uh, no, okay. <laughs> Oh my gosh, okay, I almost forgot I was going to do my villains list here. I want to do some more, like, top ten list-y kind of things in some of these episodes, you know? This, I always enjoy doing them, but I haven't been doing them a lot recently, so I kind of, I want to bring it back, because I think it's a it's a fun thing. So, this is ten villains that have never been in any Batman movie that I want to see. Like, I'm glad uh, Riddler got another chance to shine, because I think, uh, you know, I, I enjoy Batman Forever, which has the Jim Carrey Riddler in it, but that Riddler is such a goofy mess that it's like it's, he's not a great version of Riddler. He's just like Jim Carrey as a villain, you know? So it's like, you know, <laughs> goofy, and that movie is fun, but we needed a better version of Riddler, and we got a better version of Riddler. I just wish there was a little bit more of him in this movie. Now, I would also like to see, you know, a new, a, a better version of Poison Ivy, you know? I would like to see a better version of Mr. Freeze. I think both of those are very interesting villains that could definitely be way more interesting than they were in their respective movies there, but... They're not, and, you know, so hopefully we get to see those in the future. But what I'm talking about here is villains that have never been in any of the movies. Batman has so many great villains that I came up with 10 and, and still have extras here as honorable mentions. Like, I think uh, Professor Pig, honestly, I think definitely could fit into this style of Batman that they're doing with the Batman. Because Professor Pig is just this mad scientist that is stitching people together in weird ways kind of stuff. And it's also screwed up and gross and stuff he's that's the reason i don't like him as much is because he's very gross as a villain and so it's like but i definitely think he could fit in this version of batman you know so maybe him firefly uh just as far as a very different kind of power set flying and flamethrower kind of stuff for batman could be interesting calendar man like a, a, a crazy criminal that has themes his crimes around holidays, I mean, you could do something interesting with that, you know? Uh, the Executioner, a vigilante who murders criminals, and so it's like, oh, okay, he's like the Punisher, basically, kind of fighting the Punisher, and so it's like, oh, you know, that could be an interesting dynamic with Batman. Uh, James Gordon Jr., that's right, James Gordon has a son that's also called James Gordon, and he's, uh, he's like a psychotic serial killer kind of guy, so <laughs> you could have him. He should be the villain in the, the Batgirl series, actually. That, that's what should actually happen. Uh, okay, top ten here. Starting off with number ten, the ventriloquist. Uh, I think that, okay, this is a villain that could be very goofy. He's a, he's a mob boss type villain that has a doll that he talks to, a doll that he talks through. And so he's a ventriloquist. He's talking through this doll and it's like a separate kind of character from him. And it's, it's kind of a, his own, it's like multiple personality kind of thing, but he projects the other personality into this, this doll. Very strange and very kind of goofy, and depending on how you play it, but I think you could play that to be really creepy and weird, and again, it would fit into this type of Batman series. So my number 10 is the Ventriloquist. Number 9, Man Bat. Now this one, if they're still gonna just continue on going with this uh, very realistic kind of Batman series where they don't want to play into the sci-fi kind of elements of Batman and stuff, then Man Bat is not gonna work. But... I think Man Bat is an interesting character. This this uh, guy that accidentally turns himself into like a half man, half bat. So he's Man Bat is the opposite of Batman. Man Bat, get it? <laughs> Hilarious. But it's it's kind of this uh, tragic story of a a character that's kind of turned himself into this beast and he's attacking people and stuff. And then Batman has to to stop him, but he he's not 
all a bad. He's not like the bad guy per se going out and trying to do all this bad stuff. He just turned himself into a monster, you know? Uh, I think there's an interesting story to be told there. Now, that's a story that I don't know if you would tell a whole Batman movie completely around him. Maybe he would be the guy Batman saves at the beginning of the movie or, or fights at the beginning of the movie and then we move into the rest of the movie or something, maybe. But I think there's a really interesting story to be told there. It would be a much more small-scale story compared to what the Batman was. Number eight, Hush. A really interesting character. This this character that just shows up, completely face completely wrapped up in bandages, and he's a mystery character, but he knows Batman. Clearly, he knows Batman. He knows everything about him. He, he is clearly somebody from Bruce Wayne or Batman's past, but he just has no idea who he is. And then the the figuring out who he is and all this kind of stuff and him having this vendetta against Batman. He hates him for some reason. Why? You gotta figure out. You read the story to figure out. But very interesting character that I think could make for a really compelling villain. And again, one that would very much fit in the universe of this Batman story if they want to do it in this Batman series. Number seven, we're going back to a more sci-fi kind of thing with Clayface, a really fun, interesting uh, bad guy. He would probably be more of like the a, a sub bad guy and you would have the mastermind kind of bad guy above him. Uh, whether he be like a... a the thug of that guy or something along those lines, or whether he's just kind of stuck in the middle between Batman and whoever the mastermind kind of villain is or something. He wouldn't probably be the main villain, but I think he's a, a fun, interesting villain that uh, that would push the limits into the sci-fi kind of territory. I hope with the sequel to the Batman, they begin to explore some sci-fi elements. I would love it if they if they pushed into that territory. I don't think that's where they're going. They're going for this really grounded kind of take on the Batman, which okay, but I would like them to go more sci-fi, and I think Clayface is a fun, interesting character that you could you could do a lot with Clayface. You know, him changing forms to look like different people, becoming this big monster, or be just being this smaller crook kind of person. You know, I, th I think there's, there's a lot you could do with this character that I think is really interesting. Number six, okay, Hugo Strange. Mad scientist, master manipulator, and uh, he he's the big master planner kind of character. Very interesting villain. I really... They, they did a fantastic version of Hugo Strange in the Gotham TV series. I really liked that version of Hugo Strange. I would love for them... For, for Hugo Strange to be a, a villain in an upcoming uh, Batman movie. He's such an interesting character. Number five, Anarchy. I think this is this is also one that would fit very nicely into this new Batman universe that they're setting up here because Anarchy, as his name implies, he's an anarchist. He's, he's somebody that is trying to upset the government. He's going out and he's, he's kind of like V from V for Vendetta. So imagine V going and fighting Batman, you know? So it's like he wants to go blow up Parliament, right? So he wants to go blow up Parliament. Obviously, Batman's not going to go blow up Parliament. And you would have that conflicting ideology, I think, would be very interesting. I think you could do a lot with that, you know? Like, especially, they're, they're trying to be really serious. They're trying to play deeply into the thematic material of these movies. Anarchy could be a great villain for that, playing into the, the political aspect of Batman and what he means politically and uh, his ideology politically versus an anarchist's ideology politically uh, could be very interesting. V v tons of potential for that to be really cool, I think. Now, do I trust uh, <laughs> Do I trust Hollywood to portray that kind of message in a good way? Absolutely not. But hey, I mean, I, I think the, the message of the first Batman movie was pretty good there, so uh, eh, we'll see. Number four. The Mad Hatter. Now, this is one I don't know if they'll ever actually do the Mad Hatter in a movie, but I just like the Mad Hatter as a villain. <laughs> I think he's a really interesting villain. And if you're thinking, what is this, Alice in Wonderland? Yes, this is the Mad Hatter from Alice in Wonderland. That's that's the kind of the character that he's based on. Uh, 
but he is he's just he's a psychotic person that somehow that you know he loves the the Alice in Wonderland books and then somehow he begins to think that he is the Mad Hatter and he has to find his Alice you know and so he's seeking out his Alice and uh, he's this psychotic serial killer at the same time and I think that <laughs> I just think he's a really fun interesting character and uh, he was in the the Arkham games. Whenever he popped up in there, he was really good. He was in the Batman Gotham show, and when he popped up in there, I really liked him. I think this is a fun character. Now, his connection to Alice in Wonderland, I think, might be something where... That might be the reason that they wouldn't have him in a Batman movie, because that's kind of a weird thing. Like, when I first saw him, I thought, wait, the Mad Hatter? Like, why is he in the Batman universe? But... I think he's a really interesting villain. I like him as a Batman villain, and so I would love to see him in a movie. Will we get it? Honestly, I don't think so, but I would I would like to see him in a movie. Number three. Now, you could argue this is not a Batman villain. Deathstroke. I would love to see Deathstroke in a Batman movie fighting Batman. Deathstroke is a mercenary. He's one that, if if you want an HBO spinoff series, which this seems like they're always trying to do HBO spinoff series. Oh, yeah, talk more on that at the end of this episode. Because there's some spinoffs of the Batman, apparently. But you could totally make a series based on Deathstroke. He is a very interesting mercenary-type character. You know, he's killing for hire and stuff. And he could be hired to kill the Batman, or he could be hired to kill somebody else. And he's conflicting with the Batman. Master assassin, master swordsman, master fighter. So he would be able to compete with Batman in that realm, as well as being extremely intelligent in how he is taking taking out his, doing his hits and stuff. Very interesting character. I think that, I think he would be a great foil for Batman. Now you could say, oh, he's a, he's a Teen Titans villain, I believe is the first place. Maybe it wasn't the first, but he's a major Teen Titans villain. Uh, you might think of Arrow, you know, so maybe you think he's a Green Arrow villain. He was not a Green Arrow villain originally, I don't think. But, you know, you may not think of him necessarily as a Batman villain. That said, he, he does fight Batman. The, those two interact quite a bit, I think. And, uh, and I think those two are really interesting characters that would be a great conflict to each other. Uh, number two, Red Hood. Absolutely, we need to get a Red Hood movie. Under the Red Hood, dude, yeah. This wouldn't work in the new Batman series unless they advanced the Batman later on in his career. Uh, but <laughs> I think Red Hood is a fascinating villain this mysterious person in a red hood that shows up he's from batman's past much like hush i guess i was talking about earlier do i want to spoil this one i guess i won't in case you don't know who it is or do know who it is anyway i think i think red hood is an awesome villain his comic book series under the red hood if you haven't read that absolutely fan fantastic comic book series if you want to check out a batman series that's definitely one to check out it's really really good but this mysterious person with a red hood comes back, obviously from Batman's past, has a vendetta against Batman. Why? When it's revealed, it's crazy, and you're like, what? That's insane. And the explanation for that and, and how all this came to be is really interesting and really cool. Potentially, they're building up to this in the main universe, in the main DC universe with uh, Ben Affleck and stuff, though I'm pretty sure Ben Affleck's gonna be done you know, so it's like, I don't, I don't think he's actually going to have that. But it seemed like they might have been building up to that in the with Ben Affleck as Batman, maybe. But either way, Red Hood is a great villain and a, a great character that I, I would love to see on the big screen, man. I'd love to see him there. But number one, the, the villain that I want to see the most out of any villain is the Court of Owls. I think the Court of Owls is awesome. They are a secret group of owl people. They're, they're regular humans. They just put on owl masks and uh, they are secretly controlling Gotham. So they're like the Illuminati or something of Gotham. And then Batman, he doesn't even know about them for like this long period of time. And then he discovers, no, there's this secret evil group of people that is controlling everything in Gotham. And he's like, okay, we can't be having that. And they gotta take them down. So then, he, you know, he goes in there and they're, they are, they, they know what's going on and they have way more power than him in a lot of ways, but Batman has to use his intelligence to outwit the Court of Assassins and to outwit and to outfight 
the Talons, which are these uh, kind of undead people that they uh, revive and, and send off to do all their murders and stuff that they want to do. Uh, also, if you want to do another HBO spinoff series, you could do a spinoff series on Talon. They made a, a, a Talon comic book series that was really good about uh, one of the Talons that like went rogue. Uh, really good series. If you want to make a, a HBO spinoff series of about a Talon, that would be another way to do it. You know, thinking for for the people that want to make money, uh, <laughs> and for me who wants to see that uh, Talon. And the Court of Owls, I think, great villains. I would love to see those characters and that kind of group. That would be a very different kind of group, I think, for Batman to fight than most of his villains he's ever fought in the movies before. So, again, I think that's a, a new, different kind of take on what could be. And this is something that I think they could do in the Batman series. Even if they don't want to go sci-fi and they don't want to make them kind of this weird undead whatever thing that Talons are, uh, they could make them just be the, the super awesome assassins or whatever. Or if they want to go with the, the more sci-fi route kind of in the future, which I'm kind of hoping they start steering that direction. But uh, yeah, yeah, then hope, then they could just go with the, the weird thing with the Talons either way. So, that's my list. Number 10, The Ventriloquist. Number 9, Man Bat. Number 8, Hush. Number 7, Clayface. Number 5, Number 6, Hugo Strange. Number 5, Anarchy. Number 4, The Mad Hatter. Number 3, Deathstroke. Number 2, Red Hood. And number 1, The Court of Owls. Even with all the villains and everything that have been in all these movies, there is still, like, so many more great Batman villains that have yet to be used in these movies that it's like, there's still still so much more potential for even more Batman kind of stuff that it's like, oh yeah. Uh, okay, speaking of the spinoffs, I said I was going to talk about spinoffs of the Batman. So apparently there is two TV show spinoffs of the Batman coming to HBO Max. Uh, one is a spinoff focusing on the Penguin. Okay, that's interesting. I, I find it interesting that they would do that with him, with a character that is so heavily prosthetic, makeup kind of character. Like, that would take so much more time and energy and money, presumably, going into this series than you might expect, you know? Instead of just casting an actor that maybe looks like that more. But that probably wouldn't have been as good as Colin Farrell. Either way, uh, interesting. Uh, I would definitely be down to watch that. I think this was a very good take on the Penguin and, and diving a little bit more into that. Maybe maybe as he rises to power a little bit more after what happened at the end of the movie, I could see that being for an interesting series. And then the other series will focus on the, the Gotham City Police Department and, uh, and Commissioner Gordon, right? So it's like, oh interesting yeah i am totally down for that i think that was an awesome version of commissioner gordon and so it's like yes i am definitely down to see more with him uh we technically got that already with gotham the series but this is a different version of that you know but uh interesting very interesting both of these it's it's not things that I would have expected spinning out of this series, I guess. That said, both of these I would definitely be interested to watch. Both of these were very good elements in the movie, and so I would be interested to see where they would take them. Uh, yeah, so we'll see. We'll see. What, what do you think? Podcast at gmail.com. What do you think about the villains list? What do you think about these spinoffs? And what did you think, of course, about the Batman? That is it for this episode. Until next time, this is David Arrington, Helix Reviews Podcast, signing out. Bye-bye, guys. How can you make your costume look so real? Because I'm Batman!